Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Third and eight for Chicago. Trubisky steps up, steps back. Trubisky will air it out. End zone, touchdown! Makes the connection with Mooney. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears cash in, Alyssa. They're 2-0. and What do you think about that? It's a little shocking, especially considering this is the first time they've been 2-0 and since 2013. And it hasn't exactly been a pretty 2-0, and but... I mean, wins are hard to come by in this league, and uh, I'm certainly not complaining about an undefeated start here. No doubt, and neither are the players. I mean, I know the first half looked good. They're up 17 nothing. The second half, not the best as the Giants lose Saquon Barkley, right, and shake that off and score 13 unanswered points, get all the way down to the 10-yard line after a missed field goal. Some tense moments there at the end for the Bears, but they pull it off. One of these weeks, you know, the Bears are going to, you know, not almost give fans heart attack <laughs> right. at the end of games because I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> well, you know what? It's there. It, there must see TV. They they have been one of the most interesting teams in the NFL, as as we know. And I think an interesting talking point right now is that it's never too early to tie playoffs, and the Bears have actually put themselves in an interesting spot, being two and zero. There's an extra wild card spot this year in the obviously in the NFL for both sides. So, Alyssa, as you wrote. Are the 2-0 and o Bears for real, or are they frauds? I mean, I'd give an incomplete at this point, because, I mean, I <laughs> that wasn't certainly question. argue. That wasn't a question? <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, they're undefeated, but they've beaten two pretty bad teams, and they've struggled uh, to beat two pretty bad teams. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. They're going to get a real test here against Atlanta. I know they're winless, but this Atlanta team, especially on offense, is no joke. But the Falcons are kind of a joke of a franchise right now. Did you see that game against the uh, Cowboys? We can talk about this later. But the Falcons are just, what a dumpster fire they are. They can't, they can't figure out how to win a game to save their lives. Let's talk, So last week, our big talking point was the Allen Robinson contract, obviously. I think uh, in the news that's come out since, they don't want to trade him, but they are looking to get that deal done. But one thing that you wrote about, Alyssa, on the Bears Wire is that Robinson and Trubisky aren't really connecting right now. They, that connection has not been blossoming. He's been targeted 18 times. He's only caught eight of those balls. A couple. He's been targeted on a couple of Trubisky's interceptions, right? So should that concern the Bears front office or Bears fans that the top receiver isn't happy? And also, he's not really connecting with Trubisky either right now. I don't think so. I mean, I mean it's up for debate at this point whether Trubisky turns things around. But I feel like many people assume he's not going to be here past this year whereas Allen Robinson is a number one receiver that you can't find very often in the NFL. 
that they need to keep around. Allen Robinson will be here for whichever quarterback is here. And you think about some of the passes. Robinson makes, you know, his money or he's going to make his money based on those contested catches that he makes. They're difficult catches. The You know, they're not exactly easy. So, I mean, kind of talking about like the contract dispute drama from last week, I'd be hard pressed not to say that that might have been a little bit of a distraction, but I don't think that it's going to continue. But, you know, Robinson, he's one of the best in the league. He's going to get a deal done. Uh, I, I think it's more about the offense as a whole just isn't clicking right now. I mean, they've had three solid quarters of football played in eight. So hopefully next week they put together three and then maybe four and it can consistently work. But I'm not too worried. Allen Robinson remains the number one receiver on this team. He is the most important offensive player. And that's why the Bears are going to pay to keep him around eventually. Yeah. And, and speaking of the offense, uh, it wasn't a great day for Anthony Miller either, right? He had a couple of bad drops. And, you know, we heard on that highlight that Darnell Mooney is, is kind of stepping up right now. I mean, from a fantasy football perspective, maybe Mooney is becoming a guy that people should look out for. And maybe the stock on Anthony Miller from a fantasy perspective is kind of dropping. Yeah, and actually Darnell Mooney had the second most snaps for a receiver behind Allen Robinson. And Miller's playing time uh, decreased significantly. Uh, He was even behind Javon Wims for his playing time. So, I mean, Mooney has just been an absolute star in his first two games. He's caught everything thrown his way. He's made a play, obviously, that touchdown at the end of the half, which was a huge play. Obviously, Trubisky buying time with his feet to get Mooney open, but Mooney had to come down and make the play. Like, I'm really excited to see what Mooney can do. This is just two games, and I feel like, you know, his star is going to continue to rise. We know what Tariq Cohen means to the team. They signed him to a little extension, but we saw David Montgomery really have a monster game in this one. You wrote about him, especially on their final drive when when they tried to end the game, Alyssa, with the field goal. You know, they, they went down, they chewed up some clock, they rode Montgomery, they missed the field goal, obviously, but uh, a big day for Montgomery, and he looks like he, you know, he's healthy and uh, starting to put things together. I think that's probably the like the most pleasant surprise this entire season so far is the success of the run game, which was virtually non-existent last year. Uh, and I feel like it's not, I mean, obviously Matt Nagy did not want to run the ball a lot last year, but his philosophy has changed a lot. And you saw it on that last drive where he committed to running Montgomery, just pounding it. 10 yards, 9 yards, 10 yards. I mean, obviously it was, I think there was a third and one there where he chose to take the ball out of Montgomery's hands and give it to his quarterback, which, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. But Montgomery, especially considering he, you know, landed on his head and almost had a scary injury there. He came back, he kept pounding. He was, I think, my MVP of that game. Yeah, he looked good. And here's some more fantasy advice from the huddle.com. Corey Bonini, we'll be right back. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 3. Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky against the Atlanta Falcons. The matchup is brilliant, and Atlanta's offense could put Chicago in a pass-happy situation. Trubisky may make mistakes like we saw last week with two interceptions, but he should be able to take advantage on the outside with his strong wide receivers. Deion Lewis takes over for Saquon Barkley at least for this week. Devontae Freeman looks like he'll be the guy going forward, but he's coming off the street and doesn't know the playbook. San Francisco is so beaten up on both sides of the ball right now that the Giants 
Ryan should be able to stay in the game late enough to continue running the football. If not, Lewis is a capable receiver out of the backfield as well. Jaguars wide receiver Keelan Cole has the eye of quarterback Gardner Minshew, and he has a fine matchup against the banged-up Miami secondary. And furthermore, DJ Chark is banged up himself, which could mean more work for Cole if the injury is aggravated during the contest. Look for him to make it three games in a row with a touchdown to open the 2020 season. And finally, Cincinnati tight end Drew Sample. He's a second-year player who will fill in for CJ Uzama, who was lost for the year after a torn Achilles tendon last week. Sample saw nine targets last week, catching seven of them, but for only 45 yards. That's a product of having a rookie quarterback who's not willing to take as many chances downfield. Last week, Tyler Higby scored three touchdowns, and Logan Thomas had one in week one on only nine total catches against the Eagles in 2020 by tight ends. For more fantasy football information, check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you just process the fact that you guys are 2-0, but there's a lot of things to work on? Pretty easily. You know, uh, 2-0 is, is never a bad situation. I don't care how you get it. 2-0 is, is delicious. I'll eat that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, what I'll say is this, you know, there's bumps in the road during the course of a game, and uh, you, you got to be able to uh, to pick yourself back up and keep fighting. And then the – each game, you know, is, is is a smaller season, right? When you look at the whole season, there's going to be times, you know, in, in November, December, where you say, man, I got to really improve on that. And what do you do? You go and work on it and, and try to come out the next week and play better. So um, to answer your question more directly, I'm happy about 2-0. There's Akeem Hicks, uh, Lissa. He's happy. Everyone in Bears country is happy right now because they got to know they can play better football, but we are 2-0 and here. And uh, I think you liked what you saw from the defense a little bit, right? They got after Daniel Jones a little bit, much better than – they did against Stafford in week one. Absolutely. And being 2-0 is delicious, as Akeem Hicks said. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The defense took, they took a great jump, obviously, from the first week. I mean, I expected them to because the the product they put on the field against the Lions just was not what we expect from this defense, even though they were, were without Robert Quinn and without Eddie Goldman. Like, that's still not the Bears defense that we all know. They have the talent. The execution wasn't there. But in the second week, they definitely stepped things up. I still think they could be better. But, I mean, when you give up 13 points, <laughs> I mean, like, that, you're doing your job. Your offense should be able to put up enough points on the board for you to pull that win out. But I was really impressed with the defense, especially the cornerbacks. Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson are – they're just some of the best – they're playing some of the best ball in the league right now. Uh, I think Kyle Fuller is allowing right now a zero passer rating when targeted, which is the best in the NFL and a 20% completion percentage, which is second best. He has three pass breakups, which is third in the league. And Jalen Johnson is absolutely balling out. I mean, I still remember he is, I remember like when he was drafted, he was so angry that there were six cornerbacks taken ahead of him. Like he was not going to let it go. And he is outplaying all of them. He's allowing the lowest passer rating at 64.2%. He's fourth in the league and forcing completion percentage and second in pass breakups. It was just, it's incredible from him. I think he's going to have a really big test going up against Julio Jones and um, Calvin Ridley this week, but I'm really impressed from what I'm seeing uh, from the cornerbacks. And the pass rush. I mean, where was that against the Lions? Matthew Seriously. Stafford's jersey was way too clean that game. 
But they really got after Daniel Jones, took advantage of that vulnerable Giants offensive line, and getting Robert Quinn back, who on his very first play as a bear had a strip sack. That was sweet. Like that is just you can't make that up. <laughs> and great to see like Hicks and uh, and Khalil Mack get in there, get sacks, you know, get some pressure. That defense has potential, as we've been talking about, especially with the young secondary. And for me, it's like, what do you think, Alyssa? Like late in the game. Would you rather have the defense trying to hold on, you know, hold off an opposing offense, or would you rather have the ball in your offense's hands trying to go down and win the game on a score? Like, which one would you feel more comfortable with as a Bears fan? I almost think, like, Sunday, I felt pretty confident with the defense being out there, even though the Giants were driving there at the end. I mean, I think the answer every Bears fan is going to tell you the defense. This is a defensive team. They can win games because of their defense. They've proven that in the past. I mean, unless you're going to guarantee me I'm going to get fourth quarter Mitchell Trubisky from the Lions game every time they're down, <laughs> then obviously put the ball in his hand. But right. I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, you want that defense out there. I know that, you know, against the Lions and against the Giants, they did allow them to drive down the field. You know, that was a little concerning. But in the end, they did make the play. I mean, aside from DeAndre Swift dropping the ball. And in the end, Jalen Johnson made the play in the first game. Uh, and then Eddie Jackson, you know, knocked it away here. But you know, in the end, they made plays. So, I mean, the defense, you put them out in the field there and let them go win it. And I know you mentioned Trubisky, Alyssa. I know you're you're not sold on him. And the more I watch Trubisky, I, I'm not sold on him yet either. You know, he was pretty good in that first half. But then when the Giants lose Saquon Barkley, their, their best player, you have that opportunity just to land the knockout blow, right? And that just never came in the second half. In fact, Trubisky's turnovers led to Giants points that got them right back in the game. So a little disappointing for me. Trubisky's day was okay, up and down, but you hate to see the Bears get shut out offensively in the second half. It's kind of weird to say, but I feel like more impressed by Trubisky in the second game than the first one, just because obviously he played two solid quarters versus one, but I think like you could just tell that he's improved in certain areas. And the fact where when these plays are breaking down, he kept it alive with his legs and they were two scoring plays. He scored touchdowns on them and he just had like a great command of the offense. And, you know, that's something obviously that he needs to show consistently for four quarters. Here's hoping we get three of that three quarters <laughs> next week. But, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I'm more encouraged, still not sold on him. I mean, obviously the two turnovers, you could argue that the second pick, you know, Allen Robinson's got to come down with that ball. But he was, I think he was the highest graded Bears offensive player uh, in pro football focus, which was just kind of out, like astounding because that's never happened before. That was a shock. People talking. That was shock because like, I mean, everyone's like, oh, PFF hates Trubisky and like, like, <laughs> To see that, it was kind of a little crazy, and I mean, I feel encouraged, but again, I'm not sold. I mean, he needs to prove that he can put together a consistent game consistently and stop being, as I heard earlier, consistently inconsistent. <laughs> no, I like that. I like what you said there. He had one good quarter in week one which ended up pulling out the win. He had two good quarters in week two, so let's see at least three here against the Atlanta Falcons, which, uh, you know, like you wrote, it's going to be the toughest opponent for the Bears yet. So uh, when we get back, we're going to break that game down here on the Bears Wire podcast. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet the Week 3 Monday Night Football matchup in the NFL's Game of the Year between the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs are plus 155 underdogs on the money line. Jeff, that's right. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, plus 155 underdogs. The Baltimore Ravens are laying 3.5 points at home. 
I'm going to go against the grain, against the public here. Give me the Ravens minus three and a half to win by at least four points. Oh, man. I want to push back and just take the Chiefs at the money line. You said plus 155. That's enticing. But if you're going to give me the three points, I'll take it. Has Patrick Mahomes ever gotten three and a half points? I'm pretty sure not, Eston. Uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. There's going to be no fans there at the M&T Bakes Stadium in Baltimore. And they have one of the better home crowd advantages, which is going to be neutered because of the unfortunate situation right now. I'll take the dog uh, Super Bowl champion Chiefs at plus three and a half. I'm on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Alyssa, as I talked about earlier, uh, the Bears are traveling to face an Atlanta team that is uh, kind of reeling. They're 0-2. They're, they're a pretty good team offensively. They've been giving up a ton of points defensively, including 40 to the Cowboys. And that game on Sunday in Dallas, you reminded you of the 28-3 to uh, Super Bowl to the Patriots, which obviously I was watching and, and giggling the entire second half as the uh, Falcons blew that game. And, you know, they just did it again. They just, that team, there's something like ingrained in the framework of that organization where they can't figure out how to win. So could be an opportunity here for the Bears on the road to uh, get to 3-0. and What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, like you said, that this is the one that obviously scares me the most up to this point because, I mean, you know, the Lions, the Giants, two bad teams that they really should have taken care of business against. You know, the Falcons are 0-2, but they're a dangerous 0-2. Like you said, they can't manage to win games, which I'm hoping is in the Bears' benefit here. If it does count, come down to the last play again, which hopefully not. I don't know how much more Bears fans can take of that. Three weeks in a row, we're going to have to start going to the hospital here. It's been fun. Uh, but, you know, if that does, I would feel confident the Bears would pull it off. Uh, no, but I think this matchup, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially on um, watching the Bears uh, secondary go up against the juggernaut that is Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley uh, and that Ryan, you know, chucking the ball to them. So, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be as high scoring as this Dallas game was. I don't see the Bears defense giving up 39 points or 40 points. So we'll see. This is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm more concerned and I'm going to be watching uh, the Bears defense going up against uh, Atlanta's offense here. Yeah. And, and you know, like Atlanta's probably going to get theirs on on offense a little bit as, as, as well as the Bears defense is playing right now. You just got, you know, the Falcons are going to score some points. So it does put some pressure on Trubisky in the offense that, look, we're going to have to come out and score more than a couple touchdowns in this game, right? I mean, I think the Bears at least at least have to score like 27 28 30 points to have a shot at this one i mean and you you know you think that they should i mean you look at what you know the falcons defense has given up over the last couple of weeks <laughs> they've given up 38 points they've given up 40 not that i think the bears are going to score that much i mean this is still the bears offense here but i could be completely wrong who knows they could pleasantly surprise but no like I, I the offense has to get the job done the fact they were held scoreless in the second half against the giants that's not going to cut it when you start playing quality teams. No. And yes, I know the Falcons are, are winless right now, but they're still a higher quality team than the Giants and the Lions to this point. And it's only going to get more difficult. So the offense needs to play consistently. The thing that I liked from last week is that the emphasis on the offense was they needed to get off to a fast start. 
And they did that. They marched right down the field in 12 plays, 82 yards, scored a touchdown on their first possession in the first time in what feels like forever. So they rose to that challenge. They got better on third down. So now the emphasis for this week's need, needs to be you need to do that all four quarters. You need to play an entire game. If they do that, then they should come away with the win. Yeah. But until they do that, you know, I'll still be you know, a little cautious. <laughs> yeah, always, always cautiously optimistic, Alyssa. But, you know, I, I yes. think, you know, maybe maybe a coaching mismatch here. Maybe Matt Nagy can dial some things up and like figure it out because I'm you know, obviously I'm very down on this Atlanta coaching staff. I, I, I don't know how Dan Quinn still has his job over there. No clue. Can't figure that one out. I think we're thankful, though, at this point. If, if this continues to play out the way that it is, this could definitely be a blessing in disguise for the Bears. We'll see what Matt Nagy has, because I've been pleasantly surprised by how he's been uh, performing this year, because he there was a fair share of criticism for him last year in terms of, you know, not only as a play caller on offense, but as uh, how he was handling uh certain situations as a head coach so you know we'll see Matt Nagy has a you know a big opportunity here to this would be a big win I mean I know that Atlanta's winless but this would be a one of an early statement win if they can pull this one out yeah no doubt the Bears are uh three and a half point underdogs on the road in Atlanta and like we said just an Atlanta team that can't figure out how to win a game so I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that game yet but I might look at it a little closer maybe maybe take the points but I don't know that's that's a tough call they didn't cover that five and a half spread on me. They they only won by four against those those terrible giants. So I'm not happy about that, Alyssa. They're killing me right now. But it, you know, if they <laughs> hey, and get... it did happen, it happened because of a missed field goal. Because you know, leave exactly. it to the Bears. I'll, they have yeah. bigger issues. Well, who, who's so that? Santos? Like, I'll blame him. Yeah, Carlos Santos. I thought for a moment that there was going to be some kind of Bears kicker controversy. Like if Santos like performed really well these first three games while Eddie Pinero's on IR that maybe Matt Nagy would have a decision to make. And I think like if I if he would have made that 50-yarder, I think that would have made it a little more difficult for Matt Nagy to make that decision. But at this point, I think that when Pinheiro comes back and he's ready, that the job's going to be his. All right, Alyssa. So uh, rest up this week. Get ready for another nail-biter, another, another crazy <laughs> down-to-the-wire and whatever other late-breaking drama is coming out of the Bears camp. You know, they've, they, like I said, they've been like a content-producing machine. We've always had something to talk about with this team. Um, yes, definitely. And, you know, hopefully at this point, Next week, we're talking about how, uh, you know, the Bears have, you know, not given their fans heart attacks in and, and the last play of the game and coming away with a win, but also hopefully they've locked out Allen Robinson for a contract extension. Yeah, seriously, that thing's lingering. So, yeah, if, if they're 3-0, and if they go into Atlanta and win this ball game, go to 3-0 and against a desperate Falcons team, we'll be talking playoffs. Like, we'll just, we'll just start talking about the playoffs, playoffs. right then. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about the 3-0 and <laughs> Bears going to the playoffs. So, looking forward to that. So, we'll see what happens. Alyssa, have a great week, all right? You too, Ryan. All right, we'll be back next week to break it all down here on the Bears Wire podcast. Thanks for joining us. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.